Section 16 of Henry the Fourth, King of France and Navarre by John Stevens Cabot Abbott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 6 The Houses of Valois, of Guise, and of Bourbon. Part 3 when the news of this massacre reached paris theodore de beza was deputed by the protestants to demand of catherine their regent severe justice on the duke of guise but catherine feared the princes of lorraine and said to beza whoever touches so much as the finger-tip of the duke of guise touches me in the middle of my heart beza meekly but courageously replied it assuredly behooves that church of god in whose name i speak to endure blows and not to strike them but may it please your majesty also to remember that it is an anvil which has worn out many hammers at the siege of rouen the duke of guise was informed that an assassin had been arrested who had entered the camp with the intention of taking his life he ordered the man to be brought before him and calmly inquired have you not come hither to kill me the intrepid but misguided young man openly avowed his intention and what motive inquired the duke impelled you to such a deed have i done you any wrong no he replied but in removing you from the world i should promote the best interests of the protestant religion which i profess my religion then generously replied the duke is better than yours for it commands me to pardon of my own accord you who are convicted of guilt and by his orders the assassin was safely conducted out of camp a fine example exclaims his historian of truly religious sentiments and magnanimous proselytism very natural to the duke of guise the most moderate and humane of the chiefs of the catholic army and whose brilliant generosity had been but temporarily obscured by the occurrence at vassy the war between the catholics and protestants was now raging with implacable fury and guise victorious in many battles had acquired from the catholic party the name of saviour of his country the duke was now upon the very loftiest summits of power which a subject can attain in great exaltation of spirits he one morning left the army over which he was commander-in-chief to visit the duchess who had come to meet him at the neighbouring castle of corny the duke very imprudently took with him merely one general officer and a page it was a beautiful morning in february as he crossed in a boat the mirrored surface of the loire the vegetation of returning spring and the songs of the rejoicing birds strikingly contrasted with the blood desolation and misery with which the hateful spirit of war was desolating france the duke was silent apparently lost in painful reveries his companions disturbed not his thoughts having crossed the stream he was slowly walking his horse with the reins hanging listlessly upon his mane when a pistol was discharged at him from behind a hedge at a distance of but six or seven paces two bullets pierced his side on feeling himself wounded he calmly said they have long had this shot in reserve for me i deserve it for my want of precaution he immediately fell upon his horse's neck and was caught in the arms of his friends they conveyed him to the castle where the duchess received him with cries of anguish he embraced her tenderly minutely described the circumstances of his assassination 
and expressed himself grieved in view of the stain which such a crime would inflict upon the honour of france he exhorted his wife to bow in submission to the will of heaven and kissing his son henry the duke of joinville who was weeping by his side gently said to him god grant thee grace my son to be a good man thus died francis the second duke of guise on the twenty fourth of february fifteen sixty three his murderer was a young protestant noble jean poltrot twenty-four years of age poltrot from being an ardent catholic had embraced the protestant faith this exposed him to persecution and he was driven from france with the loss of his estates he was compelled to support himself by manual labour soured in disposition exasperated and half maddened he insanely felt that he would be doing god's service by the assassination of the butcher of vassy the most formidable foe of the protestant religion it was a day of general darkness and of the confusion of all correct ideas of morals henry the eldest son of the duke of guise a lad of but thirteen years of age now inherited the titles and the renown which his bold ancestors had accumulated this was the duke of guise who was the bandit chieftain in the massacre of st bartholomew one day henry the second was holding his little daughter marguerite who afterwards became the wife of henry the second of navarre when henry of guise then prince of joinville and the marquis of beaupro were playing together upon the floor the one being but seven years of age and the other but nine which of the two do you like the best inquired the king of his child i prefer the marquis she promptly replied yes but the prince of joinville is the handsomest the king rejoined oh retorted marguerite he is always in mischief and he will be master everywhere francis the duke of guise had fully apprehended the ambitious impetuous and reckless character of his son he is said to have predicted that henry intoxicated by popularity would perish in the attempt to seat himself upon the throne of france henry says a writer of those times surpassed all the princes of his house in certain natural gifts in certain talents which procured him the respect of the court the affection of the people but which nevertheless were tarnished by a singular alloy of great faults and unlimited ambition france was mad about that man writes another for it is too little to say that she was in love with him her passion approached idolatry there were persons who invoked him in their prayers his portrait was everywhere some ran after him in the streets to touch his mantle with their rosaries one day that he entered paris on his return from a journey the multitude not only cried vive guise but many sang on his passage hosanna to the son of david number three the house of bourbon the origin of this family fades away in the remoteness of antiquity some bold chieftain far remote in barbarian ages emerged from obscurity and laid the foundations of the illustrious house generation after generation passed away as the son succeeded the father in baronial pomp and pride and power till the light of history with its steadily increasing brilliancy illumined europe the family had often been connected in marriage both with the house of guise and the royal line the house of valois antony of bourbon a sturdy soldier united the houses of bourbon and navarre 
by marrying Jeanne d'Albret, the only child of the King of Navarre. Henry came from the Union, an only son, and he, by marrying Marguerite, the daughter of the King of France, united the houses of Bourbon, Navarre, and Valois, and became heir to the throne of France, should the sons of Henry II die without issue. This episode, in reference to the condition of France at the time of which we write, seems necessary to enable the reader fully to understand the succeeding chapters. End of section 16